Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree, a former family caregiver. I worked in the home care industry and now am very fortunate to work for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. My co-host, Edith Gendron, is the Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. She's a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, also a former family caregiver and many, many decades of experience in the industry. Now, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you were liking to get mad about something, get mad at us and not at them. Before making any significant changes in your life or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're talking about sleep. We all need it and probably we're not getting enough. So have a cup of coffee, wake up, because we need to talk about sleep so you can get some tonight. We'll be right back. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, ADRC, has served as a Central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center. They are dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illnesses. ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skills, and strategies they need to help them confidently prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit the website adrccares.org. We are back and so happy to once again have Patty Cantilo Cotches. Now you're currently working for ClinCloud Clinical, Clinical Research. Trials, yes. yes, yes, ClinCloud. We love them. And you have been nursing 40 decades, something like that? Uh, four decades, not oh. 40 decades. That's not good for my age. Does she she looks great for her age. Who did not she? get great sleep last yeah. night? <laughs> That's what That's happened. That's right. <laughs> so you first were an RN and now you work as a nurse practitioner. And you're doing, you're helping with clinical trials focusing on neurological disorders and Alzheimer's disease. And I hope you are the person who helps find the cure. Thank you. I she would love be. to be part of that. Yes. Or one of the cures, right? Yes. It's going to take more than one, folks. Oh, it is. It's going to take a lot. But let's talk about something everybody can relate to, and that is sleep. Yes. We all need it. We do. And and when we have a good night's sleep, don't we all love it? <sighs> How much better you feel and the day can move forward. So, but sleep is really not rocket science. So I always tell people you've heard all the you've heard it all before. So all I can do is reemphasize. We really do need eight hours. That's science. Okay. Um, they didn't arbitrarily make up that number. But it is a bell curve, if you can picture it. Most people need seven to eight. That's where most people fall on either tail. Some people can be just fine with six. Some people need that nine or 10. When we really hit the five or less or the 10 or more, it's when it's problematic to our health. Okay. All right. Good to know. Because we all hear about Martha Stewart just needing four hours of sleep, but she is the exception to the rule. Yes. And probably we also know through research that you can develop a tolerance to lack of sleep. 
Oh. Um, it doesn't mean your body is adapted. You just don't, you've gotten used to some of the issues that it causes. Margaret Thatcher used to say that, too, that she could get by with four hours sleep and she died of complications of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So it may catch up with you. Yeah. Very, very. I am not a fan of that little. But then sometimes, I'm not saying this is Martha Stewart's case, but sometimes we do have people who they only get their four at night, but they are getting some napping during the day. And mm. if we look at their totality of their sleep, they're really getting six, maybe. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be one of those people. (laughs) Now, one of the things that we do is look at some of the emerging science coming out of Loma Linda University Medical Center, Dean and Aisha Sherzai. They're the physicians that do a lot of work with Alzheimer's um, prevention, if you will. And they are pretty clear on it needs to be consecutive or in an ideal, in a perfect world, it's consecutive. That is correct. In in the perfect world, but we don't all live in that perfect world. The biggest reason behind that is we, you know, there's four cycles to sleep, basically. Um, Three of them are non-REM, REM being rapid eye movement, that deep sleep where we dream mostly. You can dream in the other phases, but where where our dreams happen and where our memories actually are processed, it's the most important time of sleep for our brains. And when you're looking, like if you have the tracker and it says like only 20% was in REM sleep, is there a certain amount of REM sleep you have to get or you just want to make sure you're getting some? Uh, Most of us need just about 20%. Okay. Okay. And the thing where I was going with that, why it's best to be consecutive, uh, you need to, most people need to be asleep at least two hours before they'll um, have any REM at all, you know, and that varies. That's again, an approximation. And you should, in an ideal night, have three REM courses a night. Wow. Some will only have two, some will have four. And that last one, each REM gets longer. So that last one that you've had through the course of a night of sleep is the most cognitively beneficial. Not, not that the others aren't, and that the rest of sleep isn't, but that one is. That's also... Um, where if you ever think about that, if you've woken up in the early morning hours, you get waking up out of a colorful dream that may have been your, you were in that deep rim pocket at that time. Okay. So we know we should get the sleep. Some of us just need to make it a priority, but some people do have difficulty with sleep. When do you talk to your doctor? Good question. Um, if you are consistently not feeling rested when you wake up in the morning, and again, I'm going to say consistent, everyone's going to have a bad night, maybe even a bad week. You've had something happen in your life. But if you're looking at several weeks have passed, three, four or more, and you are still feeling exhausted, you just know you're not sleeping, it's time to talk to your doctor. But I will say, have you tried the basics before that? Okay. You know, are you um, uh, having a cup of coffee? with dinner? Are you watching the news right before you go to bed? Uh, You know, do practice good sleep hygiene. So. All right. So no caffeine, no TV, um, probably no phone right before bed. Correct. Yeah. Um, I will even say no, no computers if you can avoid it. If that's how you read, you read on your Kindle. I read on my iPad. They do have these backlight settings. We do know backlighting can limit your natural melatonin, which Uh if your body's working correctly, your melatonin level will rise in the nighttime, help you sleep. 
and diminish with sunlight in the daytime. How about our old friend, the television in the bedroom? Never. I tell, please take it out of the bedroom. Uh, So it's not even there tempting you. That being said, I have people who, you know, stamp and I've always done it and there's no way they're not going to. So that's where I come from. Can you at least please turn it off 20 to 30 minutes before bed? If you insist on watching TV up until that 20 to 30 minutes, that's why I say no news. Put on no news, no CSI, right? Right. you know, nothing stressful. If you must watch in the later hours, put a pleasant thought in your mind, because believe it or not, those stressful thoughts will stay in your mind as you're sleeping. And we know can interrupt your sleep cycle. Anxiety can. Got it. And also let's talk for older adults, nocturia, go into the bathroom in the Mm. middle of the night can interrupt our sleep. And sometimes returning to sleep is the hard part. Uh, try not to drink too much after dinner. We all, you know, sips of water are great. In fact, I encourage it, but you don't need to down a whole bottle. Sometimes medications make our mouths dry and, you know, we may try to correct that, but you could possibly suck on something or have an ice cube, just something that won't fill your bladder. So you're up every two to three hours. All right. So you've I uh, had three, four weeks of bad sleep. Mm-hmm. You've tried a few, tried hopefully a lot of the good sleep hygiene, as you call it. Um, and you're at the grocery store and you're like, oh, here's a bottle of something. Here's some melatonin or something else. Should you try that before you talk to your doctor? I'm actually a big fan of melatonin. Low-dose melatonin is really not going to interact with any medication significantly. I will say there's a few exceptions, but they're rare. And low dose, I'm, that's the first thing I recommend to folks. Okay. The key to taking melatonin will have folks who say, oh, I tried it last week and it didn't work. They tried it for two nights. It's not a sleeping pill per se. You have to regulate your melatonin levels. So take it regularly for a few weeks and try to reset your day-night rhythm. I am not a fan of the PMs. Tylenol, Advil, any of those. I didn't know a few healthcare practitioners are that PM portion is called diphenhydramine. It's generic Benadryl, and it's on the no-no list for older adults. It can cause problems with urination, with falls. It's actually responsible for a lot of um, ER visits. Mm. So I will say, please don't reach for that one without talking to your doctor. Okay. What about if someone tells you, you know, You are snoring. You wake me up with your snoring. Um, You're snoring for the majority of the night. I had to go in the other room. What about snoring? Key sign of possible sleep apnea. So that was a wonderful question. And sleep apnea is so bad, not only bad for your bed partner, (laughs) it is so bad for the person that is actually can have a complete cessation of breathing, or even if it's not a complete cessation, the oxygen levels drop and can impair your oxygenation of your brain cells, for lack of a better way to put it. Untreated sleep apnea contributes to cognitive decline to the point, you mentioned I work for clinical trials right now. If you have sleep apnea that is not being treated, they may not let you in a clinical trial because that is such a significant risk factor that you're not yourself treating. Wow. Mm. Good to know. I know it's one of the things that we look at when we talk about prevention, right? Um, yeah. to the, uh, recommended as a sleep study. 
How do you feel about those? I'm a big fan of sleep studies. And I'm also a big fan of CPAP. Yeah, you know, so CPAP are those machines that help you not have that cessation of breathing or that poor low oxygen drop. It keeps your airway open. And it's hard for some people to adapt, but most people actually can and do adapt. And a sleep study is not harmful other than it takes a night of your life. And they can do them in home. Nice. Now, not to the same extreme as in the sleep lab, you do get more data, but you can get a, a good screening one in home. That being said, I don't want to go too much down another path, but sleep studies, I can't tell you how many people we first discovered had either a Parkinson's or a Lewy body dementia when we did sleep studies and we found that they had excessive movements during their REM sleep. Mm. It's called REM sleep behavior disorder. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Important to note. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to get our good sleep and the doctor has prescribed us something. This happened to me. And thank God for once I actually read the information that the pharmacist gives you because the pharmacist asked me, she's like, have you been on sleep medication before? And I said, no. She's like, well, he prescribed the highest dose. And that made me go, interesting. And then I got home and I read how addictive it is and how I shouldn't, it said the next day I shouldn't even leave the house because even if I felt awake, that was pretty scary stuff. So if you just get a prescription, just know it, you read the details, right? Because there's some scary stuff out there. Read the details. I'm actually not a fan of most prescribed sleeping medications. I will say I will go through a whole bunch of hoops before I would ever prescribe yeah. a sleeping medication. If, however, that being said, if that discussion with you and your your caregiver and your healthcare professional, that's what they've decided, do say that. Is the, Ask the questions. Anytime yeah. you put on a new medication, you should ask if you can start the lowest dose. There should be a wean. It's, it's odd to go up. And is this my only option? You know, just any healthcare professional will appreciate the questions with a smile. Um, yes. And the other thing I will say, if a sleepy medication is prescribed, it is typically not for night after night, week after week, month after month, because then it turns into year after year. And eventually you you have a whole nother set of sleep problems. But sometimes you need to get past a period or that you need to reset the cycle. Or sometimes you need to have one or two good nights and all those bad nights. So sleep medication, if used. In some cases, it's more for short-term or intermittent. It depends on the medicine. Right. So that was just a, an eye-opener for me. And now that medication is gathering dust, I'm like, I'm going to try my other things now rather than take this pill, which has all these side effects. Don't disregard the quality of the bed. You need a good mattress. You need comfortable sheets. You need comfortable mm. bed clothes. You know, I Remembering a time when those T-shirt style sheets were popular, oh, yeah, and, and like I stuck to them. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you try to roll over and you stuck to the bed. Um, white noise might be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Dark curtains, yeah, dark, um, dark and cold bedrooms, absolutely. Yeah, cold, cold, cold is great. Cuddle can you up say that again the... so my husband can hear? Yeah, yeah dark cold. and cold. <laughs> you can put on an extra blanket, dark That's and cold. Right. <laughs> and I like the white noise. Whatever is calming to you, the whole point is calm yourself. We used to tell folks when I work sleep medicine, the bedroom is for intimacy and sleep. Don't You shouldn't be snacking in bed. You shouldn't be watching TV in bed. Those are really the two things that if in your mind, 
So when you're in bed, you're either having intimate moments or you're sleeping. That mindset helps as well. Yeah, got it. Got it. Well, hopefully we've given some good information so everyone listening can have a fabulous night of sleep tonight. And just before we leave, just reiterate that during sleep, it's really important for your brain to clear out all the trash that is made during the day, right? Correct. That's not the scientific way to put it. <laughs> it's the no. lymphatic system yeah. that, that comes yeah, in. Yeah, was that the tip of my tongue? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it just strengths your cognition, is, you know, right. it's just yeah. a basic way. It really does. Helps you lay down memories in particular. That's learning by any other name. Wow. All right. Well, good night to everyone. (laughs) Have a great sleep tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Instagram where we're informed underscore aging. And then you'll find us facebook.com slash informed aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. Thank you so much. That's it for now. We are looking forward to our next visit.